When a loved one is consumed by addiction, you're still the one trying to fix it, even though it's not your fault. We get it. And for over 60 years, we've helped people through it. Our medical experts will assess the underlying issues fueling addiction and develop a plan of action to help move your family forward. We are Karen. Real about recovery. Let's talk. Visit caron.org slash real. His name is Tim O'Keefe. He goes by TKO underscore picks, and he's damn good. Timmy, how you doing, sir? Sean, I'm having a great day as always when I get to join you. Excited to be on. And look, these playoffs are really ramping up. The only series left in the first round are pretty much the good series left that have been fighting it on. And I'm excited, man. We're in a good spot sports-wise. Just, just admit, Tim, you, you, you'd rather come on with me than Jansen, right? I mean, you, you, you think I do? You know, I mean, you, you like to come on with me over Jansen, right? He's in the other room. Say yes. Just oh say man, yes. no, this is this is dangerous. <laughs> I know. I got, I got, I'm going. On, I'm on the line change at nine twenty. Oh, I believe, so. all right. Never mind. Don't answer that question. And <laughs> I'll cut you some slack. <laughs> I, I'm doing double duty. I don't want to get cut from that. So I got. I'm just going to plead the fifth here. I'm out. Oh, and and get ready to work tonight because Jansen's off for the next week at, at tomorrow, starting tomorrow. So he's essentially already on mental vacation. So get ready to work tonight. All right. You're gonna you're gonna earn your keep tonight on that segment. But you're gonna earn your keep here as you always do on the daily ticket at five o'clock. And uh, we got two NBA games and a bunch of. Major League Baseball games that are happening right now. Let me ask you a big picture about MLB, if we could. Let's start there. Yep. I've been talking NBA all day today. Uh, what is the story as far as through the course of the season where we're at right now? What would be like the two top storylines to Tim O'Keefe right now? Whether it's a player or a team that's doing well or something crazy that we're not even thinking about. Tim O'Keefe, the two biggest storylines right now in Major League Baseball uh, throughout the course of this season is what? Sure, Sean, so the number one that jumps out at me when you ask that question is, and I think there's been some articles that came out, but it's the pitchers with the sticky substances. So I know we've seen a couple articles here and there leaking out, some pitchers being removed from games because, hey, it's like really obvious, hey, man, there's something on your hat. There's a Cardinals pitcher, I believe, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, I think it was Gallegos a couple weeks ago who got thr- not thrown out of the game but just said, hey, you're not allowed to pitch. Mm-hmm. And then there's, re- there's reports coming out like, hey, there's about ballpark 70 to 80% of pitchers doing this. And, and it's like suntan that, lotion, we, isn't it? I, I think I, guys are using various things. I know the one, that specific instance that I was talking about, that was supposedly suntan lotion, which is the one you're mentioning, the mm-hmm. Gallegos on the uh, – but that was – see, that was obvious. Like You saw it on the hat supposedly it's there's guys that are good at hiding it and they're using other things in here. Mm. And I think that's going to be interesting because I think if 70 to 80% of guys are using it, I don't know if it's easy for baseball to just turn on a, Hey, if you're caught, you're suspended. Like it's, it's going to be interesting. We're in a little bit of a dicey game. It's not, it's not steroid era level and, and it won't be, but it's still something really to watch out for. Cause all of a sudden, if you like, it just starts coming out. Hey, a lot of these pitchers with some great stats, we're using substances to increase that value. Now they can't use it. We yeah. start seeing different pitchers. It's going to be interesting. So that's the main one I'm really eyeing up. Yeah, and they make the ball dance like a wiffle ball sometimes, I heard. And 
Uh, yep. You know, we might, we would, a lot of us that don't play professional baseball would scoff at something like that. But hey, uh, they're obviously doing it for a reason. All right. So I like that. That's an interesting storyline. What's another story? What about this? Let me ask you. What's the, yeah. we're about 60 games, 58 games, 57, 57 games, somewhere around that ballpark through the course of the season so far. What's the one team that's surprising you the most, whether it's because they're actually winning or losing expectations, not meeting them, so on and so forth? The one team right now in Major League Baseball that's surprising you the most and why? The one that's killing me, Sean, is, and I was on these guys to have a really good season before the year, and I said it multiple times. I think I said it with you. I think I said it with John. I said it a couple times, and they've, they've let me down so far, and they're killing me. It's the Minnesota Twins. They are just not what I expected. The pitching has not been anywhere close to where they've had in the past. They have Berrios at the top of the rotation who's doing okay, but he's having a Berrios year, I would say. He's slightly down from his numbers, but the other guys in that rotation aren't giving you anything out of it. And the lineup, there's just not enough pop there. Nelson Cruz is still getting his. I think he's in double-digit home runs now and doing well. So he's holding on with that, you know, I think he's 40-plus at this point, so good for him. Mm -hmm. And they were getting great production out of Byron Buxton for the first month of the year. But now he's been out for the last month, and they were struggling though. Even when he was in, they're just—they're a real disappointment, Sean. It's—I am very surprised. They're ten games below five hundred, and I thought really that's a—that was a two division, two team division, right? It was them and the White Sox, and it's—it's it's just the White Sox there for the taking. Like I think Kansas City is above five hundred um, by a game, so they're still hanging in there. But the rest of that division, I, I, look, I think the White Sox are going to blow that out, and it was the Twins who I was on at the beginning, and they've really let me down. All right, Tim O'Keefe, TKO underscore picks is where you can find him on socials. Read him at phillyamateur.com. Everything is documented. He puts out all his plays. A fantastic job all across the board on all sports. So with that, you just brought up the Central. Let's stay in that division. you got three MLB plays you want to discuss with us here. Two of them feature teams from that division. So let's open up with the Detroit Tigers and the White Sox. 8-10 first pitch here. White Sox, uh, this is interesting. Crazy line movement. So maybe you could explain a little bit more on that. Minus 208 open, down to minus 165. Lynn on the mound, righty for the White Sox. Mize on the mound for the Tigers. Total coming in at 8. Last 10 for both of these teams, and not the best, um, is what I'm looking at right now. Well, 7-3, and three, excuse me, for the White Sox. I, I read that wrong. 5-5 five and five for the Tigers. Your thoughts on tonight's game and why the line movement, if you have an opinion on that? Yeah, so, Sean, my gut on the line movement, honestly, is that People are just realizing that Casey Mize and the Tigers, they're, they're starting to play some better baseball. Specifically, Casey Mize has been a really good pitcher uh, in his last month or so. He's been very solid. Uh, Mize, since the start of May, he has a 1.74 ERA in those five starts, and he hasn't allowed more than two runs in any appearance. So, And actually, it was only two runs once. Every other outing has been one run. So he's been a very solid starter. And my, I, obviously, he was the listed starter, but I'm guessing that that was like some of the movements coming in on, well, that's a, getting near plus two, like, that, that money coming against him, it seems like it's a little too high for me. So I think that's part of it and why people started going with that way. Hmm. But I, the really coming back to my play tonight is, I, like I just said, I do like Casey Mize. He's been very hot. Lance Lynn for me. Lance Lynn is, I think, Mr. Like, unappreciated pitcher. So it's his ninth year in the league. And besides the 2018 season when he was traded midway through, he's never had an ERA of over four, which, again, that's not anything super special. But he's always been solid. He had one all-star appearance back in 2012 with the Cardinals. And now going to more, a little more recently with his last two years, he's finished sixth and fifth, respectively, in Cy Young voting over these last two years. And he was lights out for Texas in those years. He was great. And I think he got lost a little bit because the Rangers haven't been anything special in a while. Now he's here in Chicago. 
and he's doing even better. He's a 1.2 ERA with a whip sub one right around .9. And he's been absolutely incredible. And he, he does not get the respect that a lot of these other pitchers do, but he's been very solid for these last couple of years. And for me right now, he's right up there with Garrett Cole for AL Cy Young. And honestly, Garrett Cole got rocks. is probably not the right word, but five earned runs versus the Rays today in five innings. That's, that's rocks for Garrett Cole, I guess, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, now, now that I've got you with, I like both of these starters. It kind of leans into where I'm looking, where I like the under 4.5 in the first five innings. Because, again, if I just look at these starters, like last five or six starts or so, they're not letting up many runs. And now, hey, anyone can blow up at any time, but these guys are starting to have a long enough track record that I'm, I'm trusting in. The stuff's been there. You have to lay it a little bit of juice. It was at minus 124. Uh, last I'm looking at it on DraftKings. So under 4.5 in the first five innings is what I like in that matchup. And if you like the strikeout props, just to let the people know, because everybody loves the strikeout props these days, it's great. Uh, Mize 4.5 minus 127. Lynn 7.5 at minus 103. Anything interesting there since you do like the under? Uh, so specifically, I think I like uh, Lynn's strikeout number a little more. I mean, Mize is not as consistent with his strikeout. He's He's a very good control pitcher. Like again, he's former first no, former first overall pick, and he's a very good control pitcher. It's like that's what he was touted as coming up. He hasn't quite found it yet, where he's able to strike guys out. Like again, I'm, this isn't fair to him, but like the Maddox strikeouts where you're just painting the corners. Like that's what his goal will be in his progression. But he's not he's not as consistent with it yet. So I think I would trust Lance Lynn to hit that number more than Casey Mize. Excellent. TKO underscore picks. Tim O'Keefe. Mandatory follow if you don't already. Let's keep it moving. Staying in Major League Baseball uh, in that division, specifically talking about the Minnesota Twins with one of our former guys. Actually, Jay Happ came into the bar that I actually ran in Maniunk and hung out one night. Good dude. Very quiet. Very, very quiet dude. Uh, on the mound, I can't believe. I, hell, he's had a great... He's had a solid MLB career. I mean, he's still yes, pitching. He you know, like that's all you got to say. I, it's great that you're still playing, but I don't think I could say he's a great pitcher. But he's had a solid ass career. All right. With that being said, tonight you got the Royals at home hosting the Twins. Uh, we already just detailed how bad the Twins have been. Royals twenty seven and twenty six. Uh, last ten, they're seven and three. Tonight they're a minus one ten favorite, down from minus one twenty four. Bubik on the mound and uh, Hap on the mound for the Twins. Eight ten first pitch. Tim O'Keefe, where are you going on this one? Yeah, Sean. So you just laid out those line movement here, and the line movement is going against me, but I'm still going to stick with my play. I, we just talked about at the beginning of the call how much the Twins have just been a disappointment. And I think this is one of the dangerous parts in the season for betters where, and I'm trying to prevent it in myself, where you think, hey, this team has to bounce back, right? They're better than this. And until they prove it, I'm more like, hey, prove it out, prove me wrong. I'm not going to assume this bounce back. The Royals have been the better team so far this year. And really, Chris Bubik has been a very good pitcher for them. His ERA is under two. And he's been very solid. On the other hand, hey, I loved Jay Happ. I'm sure I believe he's a very nice guy. His ERA is north of five. So he has not had it this year. Bubich's ERA specifically is actually 1.52. So really the 1.5 been a very good pitcher so far this year. And he's getting deeper into games uh, with his more recent outings, getting up into the five, six innings. That was his struggle at the beginning of the year. He's only getting to the three, four. But he's a young, good arm, former top 100 prospect for Kansas City. And really both offenses for me, they're, they're about the same. That's, I think, the real problem overall for the Twins. Is the Twins are coming in and supposed to be a big offense. We all know the huge home run numbers back in 2019 with several of these guys still in place. 
but it just has not been there yet. Kansas City's at home. The line, line movement is a, going against me here, which makes me a little nervous, but I'm going to stick with my Kansas City Royals here until they until I get proved wrong. They're playing better baseball, and they got the better pitcher on the mound, so I'm riding with the Royals. All right, and to a series that uh, I'm intrigued about. This team, the Mets, have dealt with a ton of issues so far. Yet they're still leading the division. They've still got some things moving in their in their favor. And uh, they got themselves a tough matchup tonight, though, taking on the Padres. Darvish on the mound. Walker on the mound. I feel like I've talked about him a ton on the daily ticket this year. But uh, Padres home squad, minus 175, 10-10 first pitch. Six and a half is the total here. Woo! Is this a doubleheader? I just want to make sure that this is not a doubleheader. It's not a doubleheader? I do not believe so, no. Wow, six and a half between those two pitchers? What am I missing, and what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Sean, I mean, you're right. That six and a half number, it gives you a jump. Like you said, is this a doubleheader? And I'm like, wait a second, got to double-check my notes real quick. But you're right. (laughs) It it is just good respect for these two pitchers. And guess what? They've earned it. They've both been really good. Walker's been everything the Mets could have dreamed for for like a very cheap back arm, back uh, the bullpen or back of rotation signing. 1.84 ERA hasn't allowed – he's only allowed more than two runs in one start this season which is wild to me. It was only four runs. It's not like it was a complete Jeez. disaster. On the other side, you Darvish, elite the last, last season, and then came over from Chicago, and he's been elite in San Diego. That That's one of the big offseason acts of the Padres that's worked out. Blake Snell, on the other hand, has not really quite found it yet, but they got the they got their ace in Darvish, 2.16 ERA so far this year. And he's a Cy Young candidate. Obviously, mm-hmm. DeGrom, I think, is going to be the leader, and it's going to be tough to beat him. But for me, like right after that, you're getting Darvish, I think, was around up at 20-1. to 1. I don't mind the way he's pitching to maybe take a little uh, spot on that if you want a midway future. Uh, that total, like we were just saying, it is, it's low for me. I, I don't think I'm going to go there just because I both offenses have potential to uh, go sure. off a little bit. With the Mets specifically getting hot recently where they've scored five or more runs in their last four games, and this is going to lead into where my play is, the Padres offense, while we know that it has explosiveness, They've only scored more than four runs in one of their last in one of their last six games, so that that's where I'm kind of leaning here. The Mets' offense is clicking right now. The Padres has not been, and I really both pitchers have been elite. I'm eyeing up the Mets at that big plus money. What I saw last on DraftKings, it was I have plus one fifty five, but I think you have a little bit more refreshed here, so it's probably right around that number. Um, so I'm in the plus one fifties with the Mets. Yeah, no, on DK right now, I apologize, plus one fifty five. So I might was looking at a different site there at that one time, but plus one fifty five, minus one eighty for the Padres. So you're going with the Mets on this one? No, no, I like the value here. I think it's a coin flip game, uh, and honestly, I, the Mets offense is clicking where. I don't even know if this should be a coin flip game. I actually think I just outright like the Mets, even if it's closer to even money. So, therefore, plus 155, I'm taking that value. All right. Well, Tatis is day-to-day. Uh, did not play yesterday in the loss to the Cubs. Uh, and this is the first of four. So, I'm really intrigued about this series. This might be the series of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. And Darvish, man, he's 34 years old. I didn't think he was up there in age. 34 years old uh, and having yep. a hell of a season right now, as you pointed out. All right. So, we got the three players. Plays, and uh, let's go. I like it. All right, from the diamond, let's get on over to the hardwood. Tim O'Keefe, once again, TKO underscore picks, as you hear. Damn good. What time are you on with Jansen a little later tonight? 
I believe it's 920, unless John booted me for not saying he was my favorite host, right. and then we'll find it somewhere else. Boom. <laughs> well, 922 as well. I'll be listening to that to hear your thoughts coming up as far as on these NBA games, if anything changed. So let's do it, Tim O'Keefe. Your thoughts on the way they're looking at uh, looking right now. First of all, we'll go with the 810 start, Nuggets and Trailblazers. Do or die for Portland. Last time out, Dame scores 55. Could somebody help him? I've been screaming it all day. Uh, they're yep. five-point favorites at home, 228. Really interesting to hear your thoughts on this game, though, Tim. Yeah, Sean, so I think this is, right now at least, it's been the best first-round series we've had, in my opinion. Right? I thought Knicks-Hawks was going to give us something, but it's really this is the one where we've seen some electricity, with like especially that last game five, which was probably the best game of the playoffs so far, in my opinion, off the top of my head. And really what I'm looking at here is the total is, you're right, sitting here at 228, crept up a little bit, it was 227.5 earlier, so trending a little bit. And four of the five games in the series so far have gone over. And even if I cut out the double OT game and just cut it at the regulation point, it was at 242. So that's also over this number. I was trying, I did a little digging to try to figure out why is this total still so low? Why isn't it creeping up enough? And I, I kind of looked in like, hey, maybe it's because elimination games were seeing a little bit slower play and, you know, teams, is, it's that last fight effort. And, you know, it's, that's not happening. Again, very small sample size. There's only been six elimination games so far this postseason. But the overs four and two in them, so it's not like teams are slowing down in those games. So really, I thought that's not the reason I'm playing the over. But what it's telling me is I'm not going to be concerned about any like, hey, they're slowing down because they might get eliminated. It's going to be a fight to the death game. The total points in each game so far this series are 287, 210, 235, 237, and 232. And really, there's no reason to necessarily expect they're going to slow down just because it's an elimination game. I'm going to ride that over. Um, the 287 is obviously an outlier, WOT. The 210, though, is also it was a regulation game, but it's also an outlier when I look at the other three games where they're all in the 230. So I'm going over here. Ooh, all right, and great reason why. And of course, with those offenses, uh, you're crazy if you do take the under. Even though that game yeah. did hit double overtime, or did it go triple overtime? I forget, but still, uh, it was just double. Double. Yeah, uh, you, you got to take the over. You, you're you're rolling. You're playing with fire if you take the under on that one. All right, and then to ten forty, do or die time for LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. I am really intrigued because Tim said he had one side and one total. So there was the total. He's got a side on this game. Two and a half. The Lake Show is favored. Two oh seven and a half. Tim O'Keefe. Does LeBron James play in a, another game in the first round? Uh, for me, Sean, no, no, this is it. I think LeBron's done after this one. I, it's been a roller coaster of a series, honestly, for these two fan bases where game like into the series, LA's favorite is the seven seed. And we're like, we haven't seen that in forever. Phoenix wins game one. Everyone's all over Phoenix. Then the Chris Paul injury stuff. And he kept, it's been an absolute roller coaster. We all know it's, been, and it's, but it's been fun. But I'll say this, no individual game has really been that exciting in its own right. Right. Like it's, kind of been all blowouts or at least you know you're not on the edge of your seat for the last minute and the big question mark coming into tonight we know it's anthony davis wasn't able to play in game five and i i, look, I know he's, he's trying to play i read an article he was saying he wanted to play in game five i've held him out in that case i'm kind of thinking you know the training staff might just be kind of i think they're doing what's right for him he's probably really hurt and therefore even if he is able to play tonight i don't know how much of a contribution we're going to be able to get um, and the other big key here, while I think Anthony Davis is the overall key to the game, like if Anthony Davis is full out healthy, then LA would probably win for me, but I'm not ready to buy into that until 
he actually shows it on the court again because that groin injury can linger. We know guys end up being out for two to four weeks from that, and he's trying to come back sooner. Uh, and on the other side, injury-wise, CP3 is still not 100%, but in game five, he started to shoot it a little more. I think he's getting a little more comfortable with where he's at, and he's getting better. So I think that's another key with this Phoenix team. If Phoenix was at 100% with a healthy CP3, I think they could take on 100% LA. Mm-hmm. So now both teams are in the middle there, not 100%, but I think Phoenix is close to where they need to be. Obviously, it's LeBron. We know that. It's, and he's, he's still uh, one of the best players in the league, no question. But it's not, this is not the same LeBron that was carrying like Zinder Solgalskis as the second-best player to the finals. It's not. He, I think Davis is the real big key for L.A., and I don't expect him to be, a, be there 100% or anywhere close to it. So Dr. Tim's kind of making this bet, and I'm going to go with the Suns. Uh, mainly because I just can't. I'm not buying in the AD is all the way back in this one. Interesting. All right, because I'll tell you, uh, it is. It's like you said, the twofer with CP. How healthy is he going to be? Anthony Davis, though, yep. with that groin, I agree. Even if he does give it a go, I don't think he's going to be at 100. percent But it will have my attention. We will all be watching. It's going to have my attention for about 25 minutes because I'll be sleeping by about 11.15. No lie on that. That's a 10.40 start. Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm still intrigued. I can't wait for the game. Uh, but uh, we'll see whether or not we get another game and LeBron James is able to live to see another day or it's his first first-round loss in his NBA career. Either way, Timmy, you set us up for success. Always great to get you on a Thursday, my friend. We'll continue to read you at phillyimature.com. I did just read. I, I don't know. I forget if you mentioned this, but uh, somebody tweeted out that MLB has now put out a, uh, a, a statement saying, you get caught with a banned substance, it's 10-game suspension. Ooh. Sean, that is uh, that's breaking news to my ears, honestly. So this is uh, that's interesting. Okay, how wow, about that's, that? That's, a, that's live. That's live radio for you. How about that? Uh, now you know where I got it. So that's not good because, uh, let's see here. This is MLB plans to remove. No, no, no. I'll have to do some digging on that. Anyways, the dude's name is Jared Carabas. He's a he's a bar stool guy. I get it, but uh, yeah. he's 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 connected. So I don't think he's tossing out there anything that's not concrete. That's a bad job of me. I should have looked it up. But he said uh, he actually talked about Garrett Cole and how he's struggling now uh, with no banned substance. But he's a Red Sox fan, so that's why he's talking trash right. about Cole. But still, uh, very interesting. And you know what? MLB should do something about it because. At the end of the day, you can't be cheating, man. That's all there is to it. And they took George Brett's home runaway because of pine tar. You can't allow these pitchers to go up there using suntan lotion and do whatever they want. They make the whiff, the ball dance like a wiffle ball. Can't have it. I'm 100% with you. It's, you know what? Let's get back to this a pure game. We've seen offense be way too far down, and it's been bouncing back and forth over these couple of years. Just make it a level playing field. That's all we all want. That's it. Timmy O'Keefe, you the man. Hey, TKO underscore picks. Continue to follow you on socials. I will see you on Sunday, sir. Always a pleasure, and best of luck in your place, Tim. KYW News Radio and Deborah Heart and Lung Center examine COVID's impact on the lungs and how Deborah's new post COVID recovery program is helping patients. Here's Rasa K. Dr. Andrew Martin says shortness of breath with exercise is the main complaint he hears at Deborah's new post COVID recovery program. There's a lot of things that can cause shortness of breath, and a lot of them don't have anything to do with the lungs. And a lot of us who were never infected got out of shape during the pandemic. Dr. Martin has to separate huffing and puffing that's just deconditioned from disease. Particularly this tendency to form blood clots. So if somebody has something that doesn't look right, traditional lung function tests measure mechanics. They measure airflow. They measure how stiff your lungs are, but they can miss blood clots. So if somebody has a reason to look into that, sometimes we have to say, well, maybe
maybe you did have a blood clot. Learn more at DeborahHealthReport.com. New Jersey's only heart, lung, and vascular specialty hospital, Deborah Heart and Lung Center. When it's your heart, demand Deborah.